So tonight, on Mass Pro, I'm sharing with you on the subject, the mathematics of productivity. The mathematics of productivity. The mathematics of productivity. It usually takes two things to usually yield results and produce something. So it will take a seed planted on a, a ground, on land, to become a tree to produce fruits. It will take a woman and a man to produce a human being. So when I talk about the mathematics of Sussex, I'm talking about certain combinations that can make you very productive in life and very successful in life. Remember that your accolades in life is determined by your achievements. Your significance in life is determined by your success. Your respect in life is determined by the results that you achieve. So this series is to help you achieve results. And tonight, the mathematics of productivity will help you achieve that results. And now quickly, going to go through that with you. And I'm hopeful that you're going to pick up some things. Next week, we are starting our covenant week of fasting and prayer and we're praying for three days and three nights we are trusting god so next week we won't have mass pro but i'll be meeting here to pray and to fast from wednesday thursday and friday but don't forget that this friday um we are destroying destiny destroyers uh, in and we are fasting we are fasting amen looks like most of you don't have destiny destroyers but I, I think that I have arrived at where I am today because I identified my destiny destroyers and dealt with them. And I believe that the next 10 years of my life will be determined by how I'm able to deal with my destiny destroyers. How many of you are ready to deal with your destiny destroyers? Amen. So don't miss Friday's prayer meeting. It's going to be amazing. But quickly, let me begin. Number one, number one, providence plus process is equal to product. Providence plus process is equal to product. It is important for you to understand the God factor in your productivity. It is also very important for you to understand that anything that produces also goes through a certain process. So to become a certain product, you must first acknowledge the God factor. The importance of God in your life. And you must also understand that God will have to take you through a certain process for you to become a certain product. Are you here? So, right now, the first of the series of mathematics of Sassatin, three of them, we are looking at providence plus process is equal to product. Now, Proverbs 
3, the verses 5, 6, and 7, the Bible says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. Let me read verse 6 again. Lord, help us to understand this. Help us to depend on you, Lord. No, in all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. The shorter distance from where you are to where you are going is a straight line. If I want to get to the audiovisual box, the shorter distance is for me to walk from here and straight to the box. If I choose to go this way and pass this way and go to um, the video people and come here before I go, I am elongating a very short distance. Sometimes in life, that's how our lives have become. We go around in circles and go around and go around and we never arrive at where we have to be. But here is the secret. Here is how you can, you can move fast in life. Verses again. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Every human being who is having speed in life and moving fast in life and achieving ahead of time are people who do not lean on their own understanding, but they have submitted their ways to God and God has made their paths straight. Where someone will say, oh no, the path, making your path straight does not mean a straight line. It means, it means that God will turn the crooked path and straighten it. Yes, drive, drive on a very bad road. A distance that you can make in one hour, you can end up making it in five hours because the roads are bad. So one of the keys to arriving on time in life, achieving ahead of time, is to travel on straight paths. Not on crooked ways. To do that, the Bible teaches us. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean on. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Now, love that one. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. Let me explain to you the importance of the God factor in your life and how it can help shape you. Now, please understand that you do not have any choice than to submit to God if you want to become successful. Submit to God. Now, to submit to someone means that there is a clash of opinions. There's a clash of wills. And you decide that let your superimpose your will on my will. Like Jesus being in the Garden of Gethsemane. He had a will. He didn't want to go through that painful death. But he said, not my will. Let your will be done. So to submit to God in itself... Is knowing the will of God for your life 
and submitting to that will of God for your life. Why is it in your own interest to submit to God's will for your life? Why must you know God's will and submit to it? Because when you know God's will, it makes your path straight. And how do you get there? How do you get to that point of knowing God's will for your life? Providence, the God factor. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Believe that if you depend on his will, he will lead you to a good destination. And lean on on your own understanding. In other words, you have to depend on him. It will not take a PhD for you to become successful. Because I know professors emeritus who died out of hunger and neglect and poverty. There's a kind of understanding that comes from God's word. The entrance of his word give it light and give it understanding to the simple. I'll come to look at that soon. In all your ways, in all your ways, in every aspect of your life, submit to him. And he will make your path straight. You have any other choice? You don't. You don't. And I'll show you why you don't. Years ago, I bought a car. It was a new car. My first four-wheel drive, I bought a rubber. It was a new car, but it was made in China. But I loved it. Nice car. I loved it. It was called Hoover. It was very popular then. Own a Hoover at that, at that stage. Oh, Charlie. It was, it was my tear rubber. And then it developed a fault. And then someone advised me that, oh, daddy, this one, if you take it to where you bought it, they will charge you big money. But they will take the boys in the area to visit. So let's give it to the boys. I'll give it to this boy. The problem will get serious. Then I'll take it to another mechanic shop. Get getting worse. I handled the situation for about three weeks. When it was not solving, I finally took it back to where I bought it. I put a machine on it, diagnosed the problem, saw that it was a very simple problem. But because I took it to different places, they have made it worse. And now, something they could have faced easily, they have to now order it. Sometimes, you see, when you don't take the product to its original creator, and you take it around to different people, they mess it up. Are you here? And sometimes, that is the problems we have. Instead of going to God in prayer, instead of talking to him, to fix it for us. Now the term, the word fix has become political. But I'm preaching. To fix it for us. We take it to people. And when we are messed up. We come back to him. Let me tell you something about God. God may heal a wound. But he will leave the scar. To remind you of where you were before. So, so, 
Don't get there. When you see things are not going the way, you should go back to God. And let me show you why you should go back to God. Now, there's, there are seven things that have influence in your life that actually influence your decision, influence your choice of career, influence your choice of friends, influence your behavior, your attitude, your everything. There are seven things that influence you. Yet God did not allow you to choose any of these seven things. He chose all of them for you. Just to let you know the importance of God in your life. God is not a Democrat. God detects to you. He tells you what to do. And I want to show you something. So God did not allow you to choose your parents. Did he? No. He did not allow you to choose your parents. And sometimes you see that you are eventually. So imagine this. If, if, have you ever asked yourself this question? If your father had not married your mother, but had married another person. <laughs> would you have given, would, would you, would, would you, would, would you have existed? Your father and another woman would have had a child all, the, all, all right. But it would, it, it, that child would not look like you. You, you get what I mean? That child would not look. You would not have existed the way you are. That child would not have. Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought, you, you, you see your children running around, and then you ask yourself, if I had married my former girlfriend, would I have had these children? Uh, <laughs> that's just a word of question. And it's a true question. Okay? So, so you, you, you look at your children and you ask those questions. You ask. So, so you are who you are because God chose a group of people, a man and a woman. God chose them to be your parents. You did not choose your parents. They chose, God chose them for you. And it defined a lot of things. God chose my father and my mother, even though God knew that my father would have issues and I will grow up very deep. But God knew that it was supposed to be part of what will shape my philosophy, what will shape my life, what will shape my thinking. And because God has an assignment for me, he allowed my parents to have me. I wouldn't have been the same person if another group of, another man married my mother. I wouldn't have been the same person if Bill Gates had married my mother. Maybe I would have been an atheist. No, no, I'm not going to say I would have been a billionaire. I would have been an atheist. Are you here with me? Do you understand where I'm coming from? So God deliberately, God knew I would be a bishop. So had my mother married my father, had me my father taught me the rudiments of ministry, cultivated my interest in serving God, and now here I am. For my height is because of the people who gave it to me. So this is very important, and my DNA is as a result of the people who gave it to me. 
a certain behavior, a certain talking, a certain acting. My, my, my mother comes to my house and see my son, Nana, moving about. And my mother says, hey, God is wonderful. Nana, just like you when you were growing up, the same way your, 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 your son behaves, just like you. One time my mother came to my house, Nana was crying, and she was like, this is the same way you used to cry when you were a child. And I just said, Mama, then it was bad. <laughs> just, just me giving birth to Kevin, I have shaped a destiny for him. Just me giving birth to him. So this very important thing, God did not allow you to choose it. But he chose your parents for you. Because God wants you to know that he has a say, a major say in your life. And the earlier you acknowledge that and turn to him in all your ways, the better it is. This is where productivity begins. Number two, your nationality. Your nationality. Your nationality. Nigerians have a way they do things and say things and dress and do their things. Ghanaians also have the way they do their things. When God chooses a nationality for you, he has determined a certain behavioral pattern for you, a certain attitude, a certain way of doing things for you. Canadians and Americans share border, but they are different. They are different. You can see that too. Even, even, even among tribes, you can see that difference. For the fact that you did not choose to be a Ghanaian or a Nigerian or a Liberian, but God chose that one for you. Means that God is telling you, I have a say in your life. And the earlier you acknowledge that, the better. I have a say in your life. And the earlier you acknowledge that, the better it is for you. Are you here with me? Do you understand where I'm going? Now, your tribe, your tribe, and Ashanti, is different from an Equiapim. A Kowuman is different from an Achim man, etc. etc. <laughs> I heard this prophet who says a lot of things, Kumchacha, saying that um I said, when you think and when you think and you and you when you see and feel a something you are and you know when you see and feel another one when you see and feel oh there was something so what was he saying he was trying to say that all these tribes have their differences Yorubas are different from Igbos and some of these things they are real you can see them they're real. You can see that because you are from this tribe, you have a certain behavioral pattern, you like a certain kind of job. I'm a crapim. It is believed that crapims, they are either accountants, teachers, or priests. Most of them Presbyterian priests. You, you, you get it? So, so, your tribe, now, your tribe has so much influence on you, and yet God chose it for you. Just God telling you, I have a say. In your matter, I have a say. No matter what you do, I have a say. 
So you better submit to your ways to me and I will make your path straight. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to me and trust me. I made you and made all these choices for you. I made you. Your physique, the way you look, God chose it for you. You can't change it. And God is intentional about it. See the way the Chinese look? God is intentional about the way he made their eyes. Oh no, there, there are a lot of discussions about the Chinese eyes and if you live in China because of the weather or something, you must have a certain type of eye to be able to, oh yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true, it's true. Like, oh, it's true. It's believe that because God brought, brought us to Africa, it was the weather God made our skin dark so that we can resist the sun. We say Corona unto me. And we are crumpled to be not Corona. Are you here? So, so God, I mean, you have big people who can sing their, you know, some people, when you see their legs, you know they are footballers. Oh no, when you see their legs, you know that this is football. Will I let um, Mr. Judah come here and stand here? You see this one, it's a footballer, top footballer. This one is a top footballer. He used to play Nungwa 11. Arrows, arrows, arrows. Charlie, you are there. Yeah, he used to play Nungwa 11. Me, I tried to play coach. It didn't happen to me. You will see my legs. You see that me, I can't play football. So, so that your physique tells, tells something about you. You, you understand? It tells something about you. No bad men and bad men who have chased different women can look at the height of a woman and predict that this one can be a good wife or a bad wife. Or I'm telling you, and men who have also, women who have also known men, they know they can look at the shape of your nose and say, "Wait, correct." bad man. You, you, you know, so your physique, even your physique can betray you. <laughs> oh, Charlie. So God, God is God. God and do you know that there are certain types of people, they do certain types of jobs. There are certain types of people, they do. Like, like to go into the army, you need to height, isn't it? So like Dr. Che was not, was not designed for an army. God just decided that I will never let you go into the army and gave me a certain height. So he's brilliant, has his PhD, he's an oncologist, but if he had applied to be in the army, they would have then taken measurement and say, your destiny is not in the army. God did not create you for the army. Physique. <laughs> Am I teaching you something? So God is telling you, I have a say. I have a major say in your life. I can tell you what to do. Because the most important things in your life, I chose them for you. I have a say. Kevin is big. So that I can tell people where my money goes. 
So when some people come to me, they say, oh, Daddy, give me some money. He said, I don't have money. He said, Daddy, but you have a lot of money. I said, Kevin, come. Then I call him. When he comes, you see, you see, you see, all my money is here. And that is just by the way. Then, gender. The fact that you are a man or a woman really has a lot of impact on your choices in life. On your choices in life. I know, I know there are so many people who think that, oh, we are just trying to, trying to stereotype. We stereotype the children when they are growing up. I'm telling you, give birth to two children, boy and girl. Keep them in a room. Buy football and buy a doll and put them down. Don't say anything. They will gravitate towards what they are. They naturally gravitate towards. The young lady will start going for the door and the young man will start going for football. They will. It is there. There are some jobs, some aspirations, some things that women will pursue. Men will not. There are women football now. Powerful going well. But you know who football is for? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean like, in this church, in this church, eh, where we are all on Sunday, and we say we are selecting footballers. Selecting people who can play football. Who wants to join a team? Who wants to join a team? You see, you see that only few women will get up. Unless you say, if we join the team, there will be one million dollars for you. The woman will look at their husband and say, Why are you going? Sit down, let me go. No, no, it is natural for women to feel their husbands must spend on them. Recently, I was sitting down with mommy, some work was going on. And whilst we were leaving home, she saw me taking money. And there were hundred cities, hundred cities. As I sat by her, people come to her, Mommy, we need to go and buy some this. And they give me hundred cities. That thing might not even be hundred cities. But because she's seen hundred cities, hundred cities, her mind is wired. And it, somebody comes, honey, give me hundred cities. Give me hundred cities. But the third person I got up, I got up. <laughs> he says, why are you going? I said, I'm checking something. I said, if I stay with this woman, And then your talent. God, you see, you, you are not an accountant because you are brilliant. You are an accountant because God put it in the inside of you. It's there. It's planted in you. I was talking to Bernard Abler, one of the best journalists in this country, years ago. I said, Bernard, you are not a journalist because you chose to be one. You are a journalist because you were created to be one. Messi is not a footballer because he wanted to be a footballer. He's a footballer because he was created to be a footballer. I'm not a teacher because I, I wanted to be a teacher like I saw some teacher and his lifestyle impressed me. No. Most teachers are not earning enough. But I'm a teacher because I was created to be one. I love to share information. I love to talk. So when I get to the classrooms and I'm, classroom and I'm teaching, I'm in 
in my world. And I'm enjoying it and I'm talking to people and I'm enjoying it. But even what career you want to have was determined for you by God. Just for God to tell you, I have a say. Are you here? And then, raise your color. You didn't choose your color. God just looked at you and said, well, go to Africa. Black, boom. I heard a baby was born when he came out. Mommy, if any. I said, I cry. I said, Bacho, Bacho, Bacho. I had a wrong location. You call New York, let me be here. But you see, God even determined your race. Now, all these things actually make you. These things make you. There is nothing outside that makes you. Everything that makes you are these things. And yet, God did not allow you to choose it. He chose them for you. Just to let you know that he has a hundred percent say in your life. Once you have this understanding, it's the beginning of your productivity. It's the beginning of your productivity. Are you here with me? That you need to lean on God. You need to trust God. You need to depend on him. You need to submit your ways to him. And he will make your path straight. When we started training, I got a, an opportunity. They said, ah, some company wanted training and the money was big. I was looking for that money. But they were alcoholic beverage company. I said, no, I can't train them. The person who brought the training opportunity to me was surprised I was going through financial hardship, brought it to me. I said, no. Because I, I know that whatever I do, I must submit my ways to God. I must not lean on my own understanding. Once I think like him, see like him, behave like him, I will be like him. Are you here? So it is time for us Christians not to look at what others are doing, but to look at what God is doing in our lives and with our lives. It is time for you to change the content of your prayer, asking the Lord to do something for you, instead of asking the Lord to use you to do what he created you to do. Are you here? Can I see the next slide, please? Now, so it's providence plus process. So I've already explained providence to you. So God created you for a purpose. He designed you for a purpose. And because you were created and designed for a purpose, he took control over you. He did not allow you to make any choice. So you can depend on him. But for whatever God wants you to become, he has to take you through a process. Okay? It's called the ways of God. Isaiah 55 verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways. Declares the Lord. Declares the Lord. Declares the Lord. I am sure that 99.9% of us. Will admit. That years ago you didn't know you were going to be here. 
where you are in life now. I mean, I didn't set out planning I was coming to Sprinter's Road. Never. I didn't set out. Probably if Auntie Becky had not come to stay on the Sprinter's Road, I never probably would have even driven past the Sprinter's Road. But the first time I came here was when I came to dedicate her house. Today I'm here. Who would have thought that meeting Auntie Becky in um, Odoko and she moving here and being me asked, being asked to come and pray and open a house for her, I will come to this Pinterest Road, live here, build a university here, have a secondary school here, have the most wonderful church on earth here. I, 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 you see, I never thought about it. I never thought about it. But I'm here. If, if you allow God to take you through his process, you cannot say, I want to be a bread, a sweet bread, but I don't want to go through the oven. Just make me a bread, a good bread, but don't take me through the oven. No. Whatever product God wants you to be, and you are, if you want to be productive in life, you, are, you must be the greatest product. You must be God's product first so that you can, something can also become your product. If you do not become God's product, nothing can be your product. And you know what? When you are God's product, everybody is surprised. There are many people who are surprised that you will become what I have become. You're surprised. But it is a process. The process. The endurance of the process is crucial to what you become. Many of us have become something else. We are fake. We are not the original God created. Because we are not able to go through the process. Are you ready for the process? So let me show you the ways of God. Now, look, look, at, look at you in the middle. One of the ways of God is called wilderness, fairy finance, lion's den, prison, valley, the belly of the whale, narrow way. You have to go through some of these places to become God's own product. You will. You have to go through. The, so let me take them one by one. So number one, the wilderness. The wilderness is a test of what is in your heart. When God takes you through certain difficulties, he takes you through them so that he can know what is in your heart. Imagine finding yourself nowhere, you don't know, and you are going through difficulties, and it looks like you don't see the end of the problems you are going through. Can I ask you a question? If God does not give you a husband in the next five years, will you still be serving him? If God does not give you that which you are looking for this year, if he gives it to you in the next ten years, will you still be faithful, loyal, and serve him the way you are serving him? Now, look at, please go to, go to the next slide. Let me show the people who have got something. Look, at, and this scripture really changed my life, touched my heart, and changed my life. Look, the process, the wilderness process. Deuteronomy 8, 2 and 3. Remember the Lord your God. Remember how the Lord your God led you 
all the way in the wilderness. These 40 years in the wilderness. These 40 years to humble you and to test in order to know what was in your heart. Can you imagine? Now God pretends and decides he doesn't know what is in your heart. So he tests you through a difficult situation so he can know what is in your heart. When you come here to praise him, when you have millions, hundreds, or you have some money lying in your account, he's not impressed. It is when he takes you through that difficult moment and you can still praise him, that he knows what is in your heart. God saying, I I know, I want you to know what is in your heart. That's why I took you to the wilderness. Didn't mean he didn't know. But he wanted you to know what he already knows. That you don't do exists in your heart. You yourself, you don't know yourself until you go through a certain situation. Then you get to know yourself. Are you here? You have to go through a certain difficulty for you to get to know what is truly who you are, what is in your heart. Unless you're offended by someone and you got angry and said some things before you realize that, hey, me cross me, you. Oh, no, 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 it means I'm not a good person. Sometimes you don't, you don't even know who you are until you go through something, until you are confronted with something, until you are offended, until something happens to you, then you will know who you are. God said, I took you through the wilderness. So, so that lack of money, that lack of husband, that lack of job, that lack of these things, God is only looking at what is in your heart. It's not, it's not like he can't give you a job. It's not like he can't give you a husband. But the wilderness experience is a very long journey experience. 40 years. So he says, ah, to humble you and to test to know what is in your heart. Whether or not you will keep my commands. He humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your father's ancestors had known. To teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Wow. Are you here? So when I was in Teshin and Nati was coming, knew where we were living, and Nati was coming, and uh, when we grew up somewhere in cantonment area, I married her to Tashi. You know the toilets we were using? There's one called Huitim. Oh, I, I always say that if I had not married mommy, most of the young ladies in the church that people were encouraging me to marry them, if I had not married mommy, I had gone to marry them, I wouldn't have been here. Because none of them would have gone to Tashi with me to go and use Huitim. No, no, no. None of them would have gone to Tashi with me and live in an uncompleted building with me. They were there were girls that would not do that. But when we passed through those situations and went, all oh, the situations we passed through and we came here and everything we, we went through, even me, I got to know what was in mommy's heart. And the only thing in mommy's heart was love for me and for the Lord. So that God would take you through that. And will know what is in your heart. God wants to know what is in your heart. He will suffer you to hunger. 
suffer you to all manner of things so that he will know what is in your heart. He will let people offend you to know what is in your heart. He will let people look down upon you to know what is in your heart. After church, somebody will offend you at the entrance, at the gate, somewhere, whilst singing. Somebody will do something just to know what is in your heart. Are you here? But it is part of you becoming the, a product of God that can be productive. Next. Now, the fairy finance. A test of your loyalty. Will you sell your soul for gold or save your soul for God? These young men were asked to bow down to a graven image, a golden image. Bow down to this golden image and save your life. Refuse to do that and you go to hell. Today, Christians are bowing down to iPhones. Hey, they will mortgage their soul for iPhones. Young girls will sleep with men for iPhones and destroy their entire life. 500 Ghana cities, 200 Ghana cities, 50 cities. Some men even give you, a man giving you 10 cities a day is sleeping with you every day. The day you won't let him sleep, you won't give the 10 cities. In chaos, behind cars, under trees. Are you a dog? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm telling you the truth. Are you a dog? And there are men here, because of greed, because of greed, because of greed, they will bow down to Nebuchadnezzar's golden image for money. For money, some men here have sold their souls for gold. Some come to church, but they are in secret societies. They are in secret societies. And they come to church, all right. See, look at all these rituals going on. People want, please, you read it and you see these boys are wicked. But you are more wicked if you do somebody of his life savings and the person commits suicide. You are more. I said, people are mortgaging their soul. Let, let me tell you, girls here, all of you young girls here, all these flashy boys with cars that you don't know the source of their income, that they try to get you to sleep with. It is sacrifice. They are sacrificing you. Sex. It's part of the way they, they are taxed. They are taxed that you have to bring the souls of some girls to us. So they get into covenant with Satan. Satan gives them money. They don't marry. They don't marry. All they do is that find a girl and sleep with. Get a girl and sleep with. Get a girl and sleep And as they sleep with you, they transfer those spirits into you. Now, from that time, others begin to sleep with you in the spirit. And what did you get from that sleep? Nothing. Things that will perish tomorrow. Things that you will not go to heaven with. But yet you have mortgaged your soul. And given your soul when God created you for a greater and a bigger assignment in life. 
Fight it. Keep your faith. Go through the fiery furnace. It is difficult. It is not easy. You are, not go- you are going through a certain kind of pain. I know. But don't. Don't think the solution that will let you lose your salvation. Stand firm. Jesus didn't call us into a life of luxury. He asked that if you want to follow me, take your cross and come. Can, can we go? I want to show you the process. Wow, look at this. The lions then, a test of your spirituality. A test of your spirituality. You know why Daniel wears the lions then? Because Daniel was told that the king says nobody should pray to any other god apart from the king's image for 30 days. Because the people wanted to find fault with Daniel. He was rising too fast and they wanted to bring him down. They tried to find fault until they couldn't get any fault except for his prayer life. They said there's only one thing we can use to get him. I wish, I wish all of us are there that people can say that if you want to get him, it will be his Christian life. So, guess what? They went after the prayer life of Daniel. Don't pray. Daniel said, no. I'm going to pray. This two by four room your landlord gave you, your landlord said, don't pray. Oh, daddy, I have no place to pray. But in my house, when I pray, trouble. I have no place to pray. Hey! There was a place I used to pray. It was a church, Carrie Baptist Church. When they built their first chapel, they had a uncompleted floors at the top there. During vacations, after I've gone to pray at dawn, I mean, the thing kicks me like, find a place to pray. And I look around, and that's the only place. And when I go to, I don't pray small, I pray loud. And I disturb them. To pray in a church office for them to come and sack you. And the thing, I couldn't control it. During the um, uh, spiritual emphasis, man, I'll talk to you about praying in the spirit. And you know that sometimes eh, there are some prayers you can't be gentle about it. It just takes over you. And you can't be gentle about it. So, so I used to go there. I used to go there to pray. I'd be, I'd be praying, so they'd come and sack me. Come and say, at one point, they gave me one. If you see you here again, you will see. We are not asking you not to pray, but office hours you can't. Which one of me in the house, the people will kick me, go and pray. And the whole Arabic will look for a place. Where can I go and pray? Where can I go and pray? And their church was locked. So I would run upstairs. I just go and pass there like this. Here, look here, look here. Then I would run through. Then I say, Creativity of it. Comport yourself. Manage this prayer. Pray under two. And I'll start. And then I will lose control. That was the same case with Daniel. Daniel couldn't say, I wouldn't pray. And the Jews pray three times facing Jerusalem. So Daniel went, opened his window, faced Jerusalem, started praying. They came to take him, put him in lion's den. Brother, all of you going around saying, Me? The Bible says, Daniel was put in lion's den. Lion didn't get to me when you put me in lion's den. Lion cannot even chew me. How much more you snake? Where did they pick him from? They picked him from the presence of God. You have been in the presence of God for a long time. 
You haven't even prayed 30 minutes for the last one year. Just 30 minutes of prayer for the last, apart from church. 30 minutes of prayer, you haven't even prayed. I want to compare yourself to Daniel. You will die. But I'm telling you, you will die. It will kill you. It will destroy you. Listen. The devil knows what keeps you going in your relationship with God. And that's why it will attack. For Daniel, it was his prayer life. And they wanted to make sure they would bring him down. It was his prayer life. Let's find a way to bring Daniel down. Let's find a way to destroy him. Let's find a way to bring him down. His prayer life. If we stop him from praying for 30 days, we can bring him down. He also knew his strength. Whatever you do, whatever you know you do, that makes God bless you. Keep doing it. And the more he blesses you, keep doing it. And do it more, and do it more, and do it more. I said when I was dis- when I was discharged, I was told not to preach for three months. I told mommy, if I don't even preach for two weeks, I'll be dead. So by the second week, I was in the pulpit, and I'm still here, and I'm not dead. Know where the secret of your strength, spiritual strength is. And keep it. For some of you, it's a service you are rendering to God. And somebody will come and tell you, this church is like this, and then you stop. Hey! Hey! It would destroy you. When Satan wants to get a chance into your life, yet he attacks where, what connects you to God. For some of you, your survivor is your tight. And Satan will use somebody to discourage you from doing it. And that's the end of your life. That will be the end of your life. Go back the things you did at first. Be like Daniel. Let nobody threaten your faith. Let nobody tell you you can't pray. Hey. You know why my mother used to allow me to go and pray to her? When I wake up, I say, Mama, I want to go and pray. I say, no, you are, you are a little boy, 2 a.m., which one? I cry. I used to cry like a baby. The prayer is in the inside of me. You say, I shouldn't go and pray. I say, Mama, leave me. God will protect me. God will protect me. God will protect me. Sometimes the things God tells you to do, they are not logical. Amen. Do you know if you ever say things like, oh, we used to do things. It was lack of knowledge. It's a sign that you are backsliding. The things you used to do that used to build your faith was lack of knowledge. I cannot say to myself that it was lack of knowledge for me to be walking through dogs in a Dabraka around 2 a.m. to go and pray. I cannot say it was lack of knowledge. It was something pushing me. When I was a student in Europe, it was the same thing. I would wake up in the middle of the night, winter night, and the school was an evangelical school. And they believe that don't speak in tongues outside. Speak it inside. Nobody must hear your tongue. Say me. Why? I'll leave the school. Winter night, 3 a.m. Go, there was a lake behind my school. Kate, Kate, 
must become ice block. I will walk a little on it so I can be a bit away. Cover myself. Aya, 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 aya. Till daybreak. Come back shivering. Go into the destiny. I didn't die. I survived. That opened a lot of doors for me. I could have been in those school and I would have changed my prayer life. Satan would have dealt with me. May that never happen to you. Say, may that never happen to you. May God revise something in your spirit and get you to do the things you used to do. Do them again. Go back to your strength. We all have our strength. Go back to it and do it. That is where your productivity begins from. Are you here? Let's go. The prison, the test of your isolation. Test of your isolation. Before I talk on this, let me. You see, since we set up this place here, eh, the White had been here every day. It is his, it is his conviction, oh, his personal conviction. I don't know how they manage here. Today I was just standing somewhere. I heard, brrr, just on top of my floor. I looked at it. Guy was here taking out pieces. Was his this thing? How we get water here? I don't know. How things move here? This has broken down. We are facing. I don't know. Because somebody must know why God has placed you in a place as this time as this and do it as unto the Lord. It may not be pleasant, but no process is pleasant. No process is pleasant. No process is pleasant. No process is pleasant. I've said it here, now repeating it, and I'll end on this one. If your Christian life has never inconvenienced you, then you are not yet a Christian. Are you here? If, if, if you, my niece is here, Juliet, closes work late, but I ask her, you have been given an assignment in this church. You cannot use closing church uh, late not to come to church on at least Wednesday evening. You must, since I called her, spoke with her, she was very far away, a lot of traffic, but she managed to be here. She managed to be here because that is assignment, that is a process. Sometimes your process is an assignment God has given you. The prison test, the test of isolation, one of the process, one of the things that God does for you, eh, but you don't know, is how God isolates you from everybody and from everyone and you are left alone and everyone abandons you because he wants to have an encounter with you. When me and I came here, our friends abandoned us, but it was good for us. It was there with the two of us alone. Prayer. Studying the word. Prayer. Studying. There, were, there were no interferences. Sometimes God would deliberately pick people away from you. And leave you alone for prayer. And leave you alone for prayer. Don't panic. Sometimes a point in your process will be losing friends. Losing friends. Losing people. People going away from you. Let them go. Let them go. One of the things I thank God for, thank God for, is that there is nobody who gets closer to me without God ordering the person's steps. And there's nobody who walks out of my life without God ordering that person's step out of my life. Sometimes you wonder, why would this person walk out? But then after a year, two, three, 
the Lord shows you why. Then you go back to and say, Lord, thank you that this happened. Thank you that this person left me. Thank you that the time the person was living, people spoke and said all manner of things. But thank you, I'm still alive. Thank you, I've gotten better. Thank you, I'm progressing. Thank you, I'm moving on. I told you how one lady called me one night from America crying. My husband just walked out and I'm raising a boy and it's difficult. Then the Lord said, tell her that I don't want that man to be part of raising the boy. You will make him an unbeliever, but you will make the boy a believer. It was because of the destiny of that boy that God caused the separation of the man and the woman. Can God divorce? God let a man divorce a woman because of the destiny of a boy. Process is not easy. Process is not easy. Especially the process of isolation. Where people will abandon you and leave you. And you'll be left alone. But in the Bible, in the Bible, in the Bible, major encounters with God happened. But people were alone. People were alone. Do you know, do you know that when you have a sense of wanting to be accepted and be recognized and be respected and be loved and be celebrated by people, is a sign that you are far away from God. If you are very close to God, God alone is enough for you. Any other relationship is just a bonus. Any other relationship is just a bonus. If you are closer to God, any other relationship is just a bonus. It's just a bonus. Sometimes I call mommy, I tell mommy, Charlie, you need to find friends, so you need to have some friends and other things. I say, my dear, I'm fine, you. I'm fine. And I remember that this woman is a prayerful woman. She's very close to God. She doesn't need friends to, to make herself happy. You, you, want, you want friends to come so that you can be happy. Because you lack the joy of the Lord that comes from his presence. That does not need people. Take this from me. It's not everybody in your life that is there for a divine purpose. Most of them are there to block what God wants to do with your life. And when God sees it, God will kick them away. And God will let them go. That boy that walked out of your life, you thought you were going to marry, would have, would have crushed your life. God made it go. Some of you, eh, you, are, you are in a relationship, you are in a marriage, you are regretted. Ah, God told me, and I did not listen. The, the signs were there, I did not listen. I should have listened to God, I did not listen. For marriage, you are locked up. But for friendship, walk out. If they are not working. Sometimes, spend time alone with the call. Yet this week, I'm not connecting with anybody. My phones will go off. I'll be spending time with God. That's where you discover the real you. You walk into your destiny. And you become productive. God bless you. Thank you for coming tonight.